The second reading from Romans is the text for today's sermon where we receive this confident word that the God of peace will soon crush Satan under his feet as a remedy, as an answer to the final judgment. A reading from Romans chapter 16, the text for today's sermon. I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them. For such persons do not serve our Lord God, but their own appetites, and by smooth talk and flattery they deceive the hearts of the naive. For your obedience is known to all, so that I rejoice over you. But I want you to be wise as to what is good and innocent as to what is evil. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Now to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages but has now been disclosed and through the prophetic writings has been made known to all nations according to the command of the eternal God to bring about the obedience of faith. To the only wise God be glory forevermore through Jesus Christ Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, this morning we have come close to the end of our marathon sermon series of the season of Pentecost made right as we've been focusing on Paul's letter to the church in Rome. Now, even though we still have one more week next week, this is our last week in Romans for our series. Now, Paul, as a reminder, is writing to several small house churches scattered throughout the city, somewhat disconnected from one another, and he acknowledges that there are several theological differences that are existing within the Christian church. Now, we've heard the past several months about some of these differences in ideas that how are we considered justified? Is it by our actions or because of Christ's actions? Paul says it's because of Christ's actions. Well, who are the children of Abraham, those by birth or those by faith? And Paul says, those who have been adopted through faith. Well, what is the purpose of the law? Is it to save and justify or to show how to love God and one another? Well, Paul leans into revealing our sin, but also showing us how to love one another and live the best life this side of heaven. And then ultimately, how are we made right? How is it that we are declared righteous? Is it by our works or is it by faith in the right promise of Jesus Christ? And Paul declares it is because of faith in that right promise. So there were some who were creating division among the Christian churches in Rome. These divisions apart from what I'm going to call today the victorious victory voice of God. Paul says, I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them. Listen. According to, or concerning those who cause divisions and create obstacles, watch out 
and avoid. Not to watch out and engage in debates or even work to defend the truth because you, you understand God does not require your help to defend himself. We are simply to confess the truth that we believe, to provide a witness for what it is that God has worked in our lives through our attitudes, through our words, and through our actions. We are to stick to the truth, that voice of victory. And the only way to truly discern that voice of victory in our life is to be submerged into the Word deeply and daily. Now, today's world is not all that different from Paul's day and age when we think about the different voices that are happening within the Christian church. There are all kinds of secular voices that offer solutions, worldly solutions to our worldly problems, but Paul is specifically talking about within the Christian church. And within the Christian church today, there are many different voices. How do we know who to listen to? Well, it's just natural humanity to want to gravitate towards those who are teaching what we want to hear. Right? That's what, what Paul says with itching ears. Our ears are, are just itching to hear the words that we want to hear. And those can lead us to echo chambers of just listening to the same things that repeat themselves over and over again. And sometimes, sometimes we have this understanding of God's Word through the lens of our society to, to understand what God says through, the, through the, the filter of what the world says is right or appropriate, to give this a voice of reason driven by what the world believes. See, the world has an itching ear to hear messages that are what we call woke today. And just for the purpose of using a working definition this morning, I'm going to use woke as the awareness and active attentiveness to important society issues and facts. Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but when that wokeness is used to strip away and manipulate and change the Word of God, it goes from being a slippery slope to downright dangerous. Right, to cut out the truth here and there to make God's word and message more palatable for our ears, less offensive. Well, it strips away the power and the force of the law, and it removes the power of the gospel to heal. It strips God's word of power. You see, the answer is not to have a more woke message in our lives today, but to have hearts that God awakens to the power of His life in Christ. See, we need God to awaken us to His voice of victory, no matter how much the truth may hurt sometimes. Because we need, I need, you need God's law to correct us when we stray, when we go wrong, to convict our hearts to come to Him in repentance, to seek His renewal and refreshment. We need His law to show us our errors, and we need His gospel to heal and forgive, renew and transform. 
Paul says, to those who would cause divisions and create obstacles, watch out and avoid. I don't know about you, but I like to watch out and then engage, right? That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to just attack it head on, right? Defend it. But Paul says, no, you don't need to be aggressive or defend. Just watch out and avoid. I'd like to propose that perhaps we do this by Maybe some of you who have come from up north understand the perils of driving on roads that have experienced freezes and expansions, right? It results in potholes and, and, and cracks and all kinds of road hazards that you have to pay attention to. You have to keep a watch for because if you let your car go off into one of those potholes, it could cause severe damage and destruction to your vehicle, maybe even an accident. Now, because of those potholes, you don't just say, well, I'm just not going to drive anymore. I'm going to just stay at home, stay off the roads. Now, you still have to get to where you need to go, but you have to pay attention. You have to watch out for and navigate around. And so, what Paul is saying, for those who are causing divisions and obstacles within the church, don't just stay home. Don't just ignore them or pretend they don't exist, but Know where they are. You don't need to engage combatively, but just love and care for them. And let the words that come out of your mouth be the words of the voice of the victory, the, the voice of the truth that you believe. Let your words and attitudes and actions reflect clearly the Word of God. This voice of victory. It's an important voice for us to hear clearly today. Paul writes this, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Your feet, this your is plural, so it doesn't just mean that you personally have a victory over Satan, but we as the church collectively are victorious against the gates of hell. Jesus makes this end-time promise, the promise that was reflected in all of our readings today, that He is coming again soon. Soon, this victory will be ours. It's an interesting choice of words, too, that Paul says this God of peace and crush together. Right, this God who brings peace to us, He does so in a very not-so-peaceful way. Right, he does so through the cross. And the cross was full of pain and torturous action, even though Jesus, Scripture says, considered it joy to endure this cross. It brought extensive pain. But it was his battle on the cross and his victory through it that brings us peace by destroying the person and power of Satan. And we hear this voice of victory clearly ringing through the pages of Scripture. Satan, devil, the enemy, is the great liar, and one of his weapons is divisive, self-absorbing teaching. But remember, 
He has been, is now, and will be forever defeated. We can go back all the way to Genesis chapter 3 and hear God make this promise that Satan, this serpent, this enemy of his will be conquered. Right as God walks into the scene after the fall and proclaims judgments against Adam and Eve and the serpent, he reminds the serpent that it will be an offspring of Eve that will crush the serpent's head. And Jesus is indeed that serpent crusher. And at the cross and on his return, his people are a part of his victory. And victory, this victory is shared in Paul's letter to the church in Rome. Right, that we are indeed made right. That's the whole theme of this sermon series throughout the season of Pentecost, that we are made right, that the, the law shows us the best life possible this side of heaven, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, that it's our faith that is counted to us as righteousness, that, that we are sinners justified not by our actions, but by repentance and God's forgiveness that we are adopted into God's family, not by blood, but by faith. And that nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. This is a life of victory that we live that allows Paul to say such crazy things like, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory that is revealed to us. That enables Paul to say, I rejoice in my sufferings. Because suffering perses perseverance, and perseverance produces character, and character produces hope which never disappoints. These are words of victory. These are words of victory that Jesus, in his great grace, shares with us today. You see, God's Word is, is more, ex, more accessible now than ever before. Now, at the time of Paul, there was sufficient access. But now, today, there is far greater. But unfortunately, all of this extreme access does not necessarily mean that it is fully used. How many Bibles do we have that simply take up space on the bookshelves? How many pages of Scripture are left unturned? How many proclamations of good news are left unannounced? That's been my prayer this week, that God would grow in all of us a deeper hunger for His Word. In fact, just join me right now in prayer. Heavenly Father, you have given us riches of wisdom, accounts of grace and healing and forgiveness, promises of salvation, instruction in life. Father, increase in all of us a desire for more and more of your word. Fill us with a hunger for you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, that's not the end of the sermon. Just an important prayer for us to join in together. 
I hunger for more hunger of God's word in my life. I hunger for more hunger in your life for God's word. Right? Let Sunday mornings, this moment right now, let this not be the buffet that you come to to receive all of God's nourishment. Let this moment be the appetizer that sends you out of here to dig deeper into God's Word, to grow more and more wisdom from what you hear on a day-to-day basis. Let the weekly awakening statement that we share with you not be the conversation you have with people, but the jumping-off point for more faith conversations in your weekly lives. Because we come from a place of victory. Satan suffers defeat on a daily basis. See, each time somebody puts their faith in Christ, receives their righteousness by faith, and escapes hell, Satan is defeated. Each time a child, a Christian, obeys their father joyfully, Satan is defeated. Each time people gather together to worship God in faith and unity like we are right now, Satan is defeated. And this Satan crushing happens at every baptism, every proclamation of absolution, every distribution of Christ's body and blood, every awakened heart, and will continue until the return of Christ and the final nail in the coffin of sin, death, and the power of the devil. His victory is ours for eternity. And Paul says this, now to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, Jesus is able to strengthen you. Now that word is able, is weak in the English language. In the Greek, it's much more powerful. In the Greek, it's the same word that we get our English word dynamite from. And I want you to know that the gospel is the dynamite power, the explosive power of God to act. Incredible force. Incredible power. Christ has the dynamite power to bring victory into your life. The gospel is the dynamite power of God, the power to save, to make us right with God, to bring us into a right relationship with Him, to live with Him forever in the kingdom of God, the world put right. The victory, the dynamite power of the gospel. But it's not just something we have to wait for either. Because his victory is also ours now, today. You see, the gospel is the dynamite power of God, the power to transform our lives right now. Paul has shown in Romans how the gospel not only serves to save us, but how it changes us. I was pondering this, as it is the fall, and as I am a tremendous fan of college football. Now, sometimes when I watch a game live like I did last night watching my Kansas State Wildcats conquer the Kansas Jayhawks, I did so already knowing the ending of the game because I had engagements early in the evening that didn't allow me to watch the game live. 
And when I watch the game live, every moment counts and my hopes are, are either celebrated or dashed depending on the last play. And upon a touchdown, of course, my heart is elevated to great heights and every fumble or interception or blocked kick, my hopes are dashed and shattered. But when I know the end of the game, now, okay, in all fairness, if I know the, the Wildcats lost, I don't watch it. <laughs> but if I know they won, then for me, the game isn't spoiled. The game is made better because I can watch every single play and know that the great and mighty Wildcats will have won, which allows me to see even the fumbles, even the interceptions, even the block points, even the tragedies that happen, and I know within the context of the victory of the game that somehow they're going to pull through, that it's going to be an amazing story of a comeback. And the worst parts make the victory even better. Well, brothers and sisters, let's stop living this life like we don't know the ending of the game. And I think too many times we live our daily lives and we base our heart condition on the moment at hand, on the diagnosis, on the loss, on the mourning and the struggles as if we don't know the end of the story. But my friends, we know the end is victorious, which allows us to see even the difficulties and the struggles and the trials of the here and now in the context of the victory and know I can't wait to see how God is going to use this to His glory. I can't wait to see how it pulls out in the end. And that gives us a hope that is different a hope that hangs on and rejoices even in struggles and trials. We have this gospel power now, this dynamite power of Christ now to give us hope and also to make changes in our lives that we are not conformed to the patterns of this world, but we are transformed by the renewing of our minds into the image of Christ today. And may this victory, this voice of victory, give you a peace that passes all understanding in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Our weekly awakening question this week. Again, this is just simply a jumping off point for your faith conversations with your friends and your neighbors is how does Christ's victory give you hope and power for today's struggles? How does Christ's victory give you hope and power for today's struggles?